What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Brie Ann. Thank you so much for tuning in. As you all know, today is Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day. You are loved. You are worthy. Just in case you didn't think you were going to hear it today. Look at you. You so loved. You got a Valentine's. I'm your Valentine's, baby. We all going to be everybody's Valentine's today. So single people unite. <laughs> I feel like a force shield for us coming together. Um, just in case you needed love and support. I know that people silently struggle with this day. And so I just want you to be reminded that this is the day that the Lord has made and that we will rejoice and be glad in together. Okay. I love you. You are loved. You are worthy. Um, God has amazing things for your life. And I celebrate you today. And I celebrate the things he's doing and going to do in and for your life. I appreciate you for tuning in to my channel. Again, my name is Brianna. If this is your first time, thank you so much for joining. Follow me on all of our social media, uh, YouTube, Girl Stop, go subscribe. Send me a DM, a voice message. Let me know what you want to hear what you want to talk about every week. We have a focus this week as it is love week. We're talking about love relationships, intimacy, all of those amazing things. And this particular podcast is going to focus on um, a understanding, if you will. I don't want to say that I'm defending my views because I'm not defending them, but I am. I was asked to elaborate on what I meant. And so that is what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to talk about struggle love, um, struggle love by definition, by my definition, struggle love is that love where people believe that you, these are the people that subscribe to that, like ride or die mentality. These are the people that believe that, um, I can cheat on you, sleep around on you, not treat you right, verbally, emotionally, physically abuse you, mistreat you, um, be slick and conniving and lying to you and all of these wonderful things, not wonderful things. And you have to put up with it because you're going to wait around for me to become a better man or a better woman. And when I become a better man and better woman, then you get to receive the love that you're actually worthy of. I do not subscribe to that mentality. I do not subscribe to the ride or die mentality. And these are two different things that I'm going to break down for you today. Okay. Talking about struggle love. I do not believe that struggling is a prerequisite for you to receive my love. I do not believe that struggling is a prerequisite for me to receive the love that I am worthy of. I do not agree with that. Some of you guys have grown up in broken homes or been in many broken relationships and you think that's the standard. You think that that is okay and that is acceptable for you to knock me upside my head or for you to verbally tear me down. Like, you know, and sometimes it's not just verbally tearing you down and, you know, saying like, you're never going to be anybody. You're not worth anything. You're not pretty. You're, you look a hot mess. It's sometimes it's not that sometimes it's speaking to your inabilities or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're so worthless. You can't cook like, oh my God, this sucks. Or like your efforts just so, you know, derogatory and demeaning. If it's not uplifting, if it's not a, a constructing build, it's not constructive criticism. If it's not, you know, um, helping groom you and develop you as a person, like with their words, then it's probably very real abuse. And if it's consistent, you know, they may slip up in a moment of anger and have to repent or ask forgiveness but if it's a consistent and residual yes sis yes sir that is verbal abuse and I'm not being gender biased because there are some men I have listened to some women completely cuss out and dog their men and I'm like how do you expect him to be anything worth any type of man and that's the poison you're feeding his soul I don't understand so again struggling and the struggle of mentality, this, the <laughs> the unwritten prescription is stay down, stay consistent, keep loving, keep pouring into this empty, broken vessel. And you're going to at some point reap a real love, a whole love from this person. I do not believe 
the struggle of is the way. It's definitely not something I'm signing up for. And I hope that, you know, it's something that you adapt as well, because at what point do you decide that, you know, the abuse and the the abuse and the struggle is over and the person is turning? At what point do you what measures or what indicators do you do you judge their performance? Because I've seen where even the abusive guys um, after they get done beating up on their wife, they want to cuddle. She's over here with a black eye and a bleeding nose and you help her, you know, uh, ice it down. At what point do you decide that it's, it's love? You know, at what point do you decide that they are not going or they're going to put down their toxic ways? That's why I have a struggle or no, I, there's no struggle. That's why I do not subscribe to the ride or die mentality, because why is it that I have to die? Why is it that you get to ride? You know what I'm saying? You get to put us in this predicament of this, you know, mentality of dying being an option. Why can't that be? Why does it have to be an ultimatum on the table of my choice? Why is it that I have to sign up to your lifestyle? When you go back to studying like where ride or die came from, that is a very drug lord, drug lifestyle mentality, meaning that no matter what happens, no matter what we go through, that you're going to ride or die. Even if that means you dying in the jail cell from you, you taking the rap from me or you taking a bullet from me, you're going to be there for me. It's this this unreal expectation of expressing your loyalty and faithfulness to this person. My question is, why is it that that has to be the context that you bring me into the relationship with? Why is it that you can't love me so much that you come out of that relationship, that you come out of that lifestyle? Why is it that, that that has to be the standard, right? Like, why can't you love me so much that you're willing to put down the drugs that cause you to beat me? Why can't, why can't you put down the verbal abuse? Because what you really need is counseling because you lash out when you're angry. So why can't that be the, the life giving alternative and, or ultimatum as opposed to me dying? A lot of you guys aren't sitting in the passenger side of a drug lord's car, but a lot of you guys are dying on the inside. A lot of you guys have chosen to die by this relationship so that you can have somebody and that is not God's will for your life. That is not wise of you to stay in, in such a position. And that is not helpful or beneficial to you. Because what I found, y'all, there was this guy that I dated for six years, right? Me and this guy dated for six years. And I would tell him things. I'd be like, babe, why don't you try this? Babe, why don't you do this? Or babe, I really want you to do this for me. Or I really need you to communicate these things to me. I really need you to do this. I'm, I'm asking him all this time to be this person that he was not right. And I learned this later, but I didn't recognize it in the moment dated for six years. And within six months of us breaking up before six months of us breaking up, I'm seeing him be the man that I've nagged him and asked him to be for six years. And I was so like baffled. Like, why is it that you can be this man? I've been asking you, begging you to be for me. And within four months, not even six months of us breaking up, you're automatically that guy. And I learned a very valuable lesson that day. What I learned is, first of all, that they hear you. Sis or sir, they hear you. I'm telling you, they hear you. Right. But also what I learned, I learned that he had no requirement. Right. To be that man, because I was still with him. 
I accepted the man he was and just asked him and tried to push him and motivate him to be this other man that I wanted him to be. But because I was still with him, because he was still getting from me everything he wanted, everything he needed and some, there was no requirement. There was no standard to be any better of a man because I accepted the man he was. And if you accept the abuse, if you accept the destruction, if you accept the derogatory comments, the lifestyle, you have no right to try to make that man be some better. That man is not going to be somebody better. That woman is not going to be somebody better until they so choose to be somebody better. And after six years, when I finally dropped him, when I finally was like, yo, I'm done with this. This is not, no, it's not working. He realized all of those things I was saying, I actually meant that I deeply desired. So he immediately became them. And you know what? If he could have done that within four months of that six years of us being together, then he could have done that on month three of us being together. Those changes could have been made. And if those changes would have been made, I guarantee you I'd be talking to you as a married woman right now, because like any other woman, I wanted him. I wanted him to change. I wanted him to be better. But you know what? Struggle love kept me at a place because struggle never required. See, this is the imbalance. They can struggle. They can give you struggle. They can put you through struggle. And I'm saying they because I don't want to be gender biased, but they can make you struggle. And then you are still required to give love. You are still required to give your all. You are still required to show up every day to that relationship and pour into it and try to build him, cultivate him, develop him, groom him, help him see a better life, help him see that there's a better way. And that makes no sense to me. Why is it that I have to pour all of me into this relationship and into helping you be a better person? Meanwhile, I'm losing myself. Meanwhile, I'm losing my identity. Meanwhile, I'm losing sight and hope of my own dreams, of my own personal goals. So I'm not developing. I'm not growing. And then guess what? Now I've succumbed to the level of struggle and I've accepted it as a norm. That is not God's will for your life. That is not okay. It is not okay. If you can just agree with me that that is not okay, then I think in this understanding conversation, we can get some common ground. Struggle love is not real love. Furthermore, at what point are you going to decide that they are no longer wanting to struggle? And that's not the lifestyle or the mentality that they are going to govern their lives by. It wasn't until I got to this point of, of, of never again, if not anymore. Now, let me let me say this. The, di- the guy I dated for six years, he was a great guy. Like, he was an amazing guy. Um, I don't have anything bad to say. And we weren't in a position of struggle love. I believe that that is where our season was up. And that's why that relationship ended. I, I don't believe it was supposed to work at that time. Could it work again? I doubt it. It's been like two or three years now since we're moved. I don't think it could work. I think we could forever be great friends. We don't talk anymore if you're wanting the backstory of that. But he he didn't have me in a position of struggle love. But I'm just speaking and saying that, you know, if I never got to that place in myself, at what point would I have decided that this is who he is and this is not who I want to be? Because when you get to this place of this is who he is, you know, <sighs> then you are okay with letting it go. When I think about him, I was so angry with him um, that four months after I'm seeing all these changes and seeing him do all these things and, and be this man that I knew he could be. You know, the potential was there. Clearly it was there because he brought it out in less than four months after, but I was so angry with him because I was like, why is it that it took me ending the relationship 
or us ending a relationship, separating completely. We move, we live seven hours away, six, seven hours away from each other. And then all of a sudden you decide to act right. I don't get it. I was so angry and I was like, you know what? We're going to get back together because I deserve a return on that investment. I invested all that time. I invested all those years. I invested all those heartaches and all the all that pushing to help you be greater. And now all of a sudden you want to be greater after me? No, we're going to get back together. And then I realized that that wasn't a wise decision because he was who he wanted to be when he wanted to be it. And I also understand that that wasn't my investment. (laughs) That was my volunteer work. I decided to put all of that work in. I decided to put all of that effort in. I decided to stick with him, to stand by him as he decided to be the same person because I accepted it. Because I allowed him access to my heart, access to my love, access to my finance, access to my body, access to all of me. And it was not a requirement for him to be better. So (laughs) because of that. I didn't get to see the, the fruit of my quote unquote labor, but it was not my labor to be done. Anytime that you allow anybody in your life and you give them the sole responsibility to cultivate you, develop you, pour into you, be your answer all, be your fix it all, um, be your all in all, be your everything. You have now made that person God in your life. And if God, <laughs> if your God, so to speak, is not doing those things. So let's say Speaking on a li- another relationship now, not that one. Let's say um, there's this guy that he came to me. He was like, if you can't take me, if you can't take all of me, you can't take my mama and well, everything she go through and da, 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 then we, then we ain't going to work. So just tell me now, just get out of my life now. Da, da, da. You know me being prideful, whatever. I'm like, oh, no, I got this. Like, that's nothing. Like, oh, this what you struggle with? Oh, this what you going through? Oh, I got that. Give me that. Give me that. I'll help you with that. Like, help me take. Let me help you take some of this load. And then I had to wise up again. This time it didn't take me six years, took me less than about three to four months. But I was like, you know what? I am not signing up to carry burdens with you that you were never even designed to carry. I am not signing up to do your homework for you. I am not going to be more invested than you being a better person than what you've shown me you are already invested in. If you haven't already taken the time to develop yourself, to grow yourself, to invest in your gifts and spend time with yourself to know who you are, where you hurt, why you hurt, what um lifestyle traumas are affecting and impacting the way you make decisions and the way you think and your thought patterns and your habits. If you haven't already spent time and invested in being a better person for you, there is nothing that I can do to come alongside you to be more invested and more involved and more connected in being a better you for you because only you can be a better you for you. And when I came to that realization, when I got out of the clouds of, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. He loves God. He does this. He does that. Da, da, da. When I, when I really settled into myself, I was like, this is another form of struggle love where you allow the burdens and of and the weights. It's, it's not abuse, you know, and, and that you're knocking me upside my head or calling me outside my name or destroying me by continually cheating on me or sleeping around on me, expecting me to be with you and ripping my heart out like that. But it is kind of a form of abuse in that you put this ultimatum of ride or die on me, meaning that if you can't carry the load of all of these burdens, you can't be with me. You don't even like those burdens you're carrying. You don't even like the way your life is looking. You don't even like the person that is making you be and how heavy and and how you have to carry the weight of the word on your shoulder. So why then would you sign me up to partner alongside you to walk through life with you with those burdens I disagree 
And so when I became, when I got to the place where I started seeing those burdens differently and I was like, I'm not fooling with that. That's foolishness. And I'm not signing up for that. Or I think that we can handle this a different way. That relationship ended because we start seeing life very differently. Perspectively, we did not see eye to eye on how to handle the weights of life. And if you're walking through life with somebody, you have to be like on at least on the same page with them. Right. So that's why I do not subscribe to the struggle of the ride or die mentality, because the ultimatum is on me dying and then you'll thrive. I heard um, Cornelius Lindsay said it the other day. He's a pastor of Oasis Gathering Church. He's the the husband to Heather Lindsay. If you listen to her or follow her, he said a fool will take you for everything you got and then make you feel like you're the fool for you not having anything. And that's exactly how I felt. I'm not calling him a fool or that relationship. The relationship was contextually foolish. I will definitely say that because it was it was rushed and it was it was too much too fast. I I agree with that. Um, However, I did not want to be made a fool. I remember in that relationship I, I was at the time I was writing a book. I was building a business. I was cultivating this thing. And I literally took time away from what I was cultivating at that time Set it aside. God called me to do some stuff. I literally put it aside for two whole weeks to try to help rebrand and rebuild and all this seemingly exciting stuff. Right. No, because God didn't call me to do that in my in my in my courtship with him, in my dating ship with him. Like God didn't sign me up for that. Maybe if we were married. Yes. But if no, like that is not my job. And I think a lot of times as women specifically. I think we take on stuff because we're natural nurturers. I think we take on way more than what we actually can because we want to fix it. We want to solve it. We want to help. We want to make it better. We want, uh, you know, and then guys are such fixes that they do the same thing. And But God did not call you to that level of pressure. God did not call you to that level of stress. God did not call you to that level of toxicity. And I believe that a lot of that was strictly like unmerited. Like a lot of the burdens and heaviness are external issues. Now, if they're internal issues, going back to the ride or die mentality, if you do or are actually dating a guy that's dealing drugs, I've done it before, right? I've talked to the drug dealers and it's a different lifestyle, but like we gonna let Nicki Minaj and Cardi B rap about being trap queens. We're not actually gonna be trap queens with our life because we Real trap queens get trap queen awards, which trap queen awards are being allowed to be somebody gang wife, being allowed to get bullets put in your head, being the head in the house of of whoredom and prostitution and drug time. That is what real trap queens get. Yes, real trap queens get bags and they get their nails done and, you know, they get this quote unquote illicit treatment. But it's nothing you can't do for yourself without drugs being involved. It's not any money out here that you can't go get and do all of those things for yourself and live that lifestyle in safety and in peace. So we if you are the drug queen or I mean, if you're dating a drug lord, if you're dating a drug dealer, even if, you know, he's not like a a top kingpin, we are going to leave those lifestyles there. We're going to leave the streets to the streets and we're not going to get caught up in this glorified, glamorized lifestyle of high living fast, because I'm telling you guys, I had a best friend who 
was a full on prostitute. She was the HBIC um, in that house. All of that. Right. Stripper, everything out on drugs, all of that. And I tell you what, she's not doing any of that right now. I remember her sitting in my car and we cried for almost three days as she talked about all of the stories she went through. And I just simply tell her one thing because I was afraid that after she did all that crying that she was going to go right back to doing the very same thing. And I just looked at her and I said, I inserted her name and I said, fast money ain't long money. That money didn't last from her leaving the lifestyle to coming home. It didn't even last a trip home. That's why strippers have to go back. That's why strippers have to. They really can't retire. So they have to do other prostitutional type things because the money doesn't last. So don't be captivated. I don't know who that was for, but don't be captivated. Do not be captivated. You want to put in long time efforts to reap long term, long end results. Right. And it's the same with the relationships. You want to make sure that you are positioning yourself in these talking ships, dating ships, relationships, whatever you want to call it, so that you reap long term dividends. That means that you can't be doing long term marriage type things in a very single position. Because when it's all said and done, even if he slides in your DMs and says, you know, I want to make you my wife or you're my wife. or I believe God calls you my wife. However, at the end of the day. Until you stand on the altar making a covenant before God and your last name is changed legally, you are still single. So do not allow your head to be puffed up or your pride to be swelled up or your heart to be consumed. Like, oh, my gosh, this guy loves me and he's going to make me his wife and he loves Jesus. And so it's going to be like, no, my my single sister, please don't be naive. Please don't please don't let a what's up checks or what's up big head text make you go back. Please don't. I don't know who that was for, but <laughs> I hope that that helped you. Struggle love is not real love. Struggle, you there. there is nowhere in the word, there is nowhere in common sense life where it says that struggling is a prerequisite to define your love. If you have to struggle to define your love, you have a mentality issue and you don't know how to love because that is not love. Love is patient, it's kind, it's never ending, it is boast, it's unconditional, it always hopes, it always believes, it always trusts. Now let me preface all of this with saying, in relationships, dating ships, situationships, I am not saying that you should not support and encourage your partner. But what I am saying is that that's a healthy spot, right? So if we are, you know, talking or courting and we're getting to know each other, you know, and you're telling me about this vision, this dream, this faith you have in God, this thing you want to develop, your purpose, your gifts, the resources you may need to help make this thing happen. If I have knowledge, information, resources, whatever, yeah, I'm going to give that to you. Yeah, I'm going to support you. Yeah, I'm going to encourage you. Yeah, I'm going to show up when you got to go speak. Yeah. I'm going to be there, you know, at your basketball game. Yeah, I'm going to be there at the business meeting or I'm going to be there with dinner ready to celebrate this success you got or this promotion you just did. Absolutely, of course. But what I am saying is that that's a healthy space in singleness. That's not something you should do in totality or in a magnitude for someone you are not married to. You can't do you can't go all the way out and, and drop it down and put it or put it and drop it down or <laughs> or put it down or, or do all of these things for somebody that is not your husband. That is not your wife. There is a certain level of love that we have to reserve for those sacred places in life. You can't be out here giving everybody your everything and then expect everything in your marriage to be special. You can't. You just absolutely can't. Some of the things you want to do in love, you shouldn't even wake up until after your I do, I believe. And the Bible supports that in in sex, you know, um, 
in that way. But I think about it in other ways. Like there are certain gifts I'm not going to give somebody that calls me their girlfriend or somebody I'm courting. Like that magnitude of gift or like I'm not buying a car for somebody I'm dating. I'm not buying. I'm not putting together this all exclusive romantic trip for somebody that can leave me next week. You're crazy. Like that is insane. And that is like imbalance. And that's why I think that we're getting our hearts broken and our expectations unmet because we are moving really, really fast. I've learned that. And so I'm chilling on life in this area. I'm not moving fast. I eat all of my decisions. I'm not rushing. I'm not in haste. I'm not I'm not stressing. I believe it's going to get done. I believe God's going to send me who he's going to send me. And I think that's what it is. I think we get impatient and waiting and we accept struggle because we say, oh, well, you're saying you can't struggle, but everybody's human. Yes, everybody is human, which is why they're already going to come with imperfections, mistakes, weaknesses and vulnerable spots. So then why would you go and add to that? You know, this falsified expectation of taking on all these burdens, all this stuff you haven't dealt with, all of these childhood traumas that are still impacting you, all of uh, lifestyle decisions that are selfish, that don't reflect, you know, a future. They're just now decisions. So why then do I have to accept on top of you being human, on top of you being imperfect, on top of the natural, um, uh, I guess, tension of learning somebody, getting to know somebody, carving out time to spend with somebody, making time on my schedule, you know, making sure that I am giving to this on top of the normal relationship hassles and growth and developments and stages. On top of that, you got extra stuff. You got extra baggage. This is already heavy enough. You already have to come together as a team. And then you have all of these external forces. You know, you know, if you have like a baby mama in the picture, if you have children, if you have family that's super protective, you know, if you have like a job that's super demanding where you work, you know, 20 hours a day, you already have all of these other things that are naturally just lined up um, to, I want to say be against you, but to make it hard. So I do not subscribe to struggle love because struggle love makes it it requires that it's okay for me to be crazy or to be um, broken and then still require you to love me. It's okay for you to drain me emotionally, drain me financially, drain me physically, drain me from my dreams. But then you 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 reap all that I'm pouring out. That's not okay. I believe every relationship in your life should enhance, it should develop, it should grow you, it should groom you, it should make you a better person. It should be in some way, hopefully more than one ways if you're talking about intimate and courtship dating love, it should benefit you. It should have benefactors, you know, and uh, again, uh, I hope that this clarified what I meant in the magnitude of ride or die or struggle love. So any guy that comes to me with that ride or die I, I first I, I give him the opportunity to explain what he means, because, again, mostly when I hear guys say I need a ride or die chick, they're not actually talking about like a drug lifestyle from the origin of the saying. What they're really saying is I want somebody to support me, encourage me and give me undying support and respect. That's what most guys are actually saying when they you know, they just don't have the language. And I, and I give grace because I understand that, you know, I have a lot of words and I have thoroughly thought through like what I believe and why I believe what I believe. So there's not a lot of confusion for me. It's actually very clear and very simple if, you know, we are compatible or not. So again, I don't want you to think that I just, you know, anytime a guy says that I just shrivel up or I burn from top of head to my feet, like, no, 
I want to hear them out because normally I can help them understand a different and a better way of expressing that emotion of wanting faithfulness and loyalty um, and committedness. And so hopefully this helped you get some freedom, help you get some words, help you um, garnish and hone in on some insight that you need for your life because struggle love is not real love. You do not have to ride or die in order to have a long lasting, fulfilling and amazing relationship. I simply believe God. A lot of people say that because I'm single, that that is an invalid statement that I can't prove that out. And I disagree because watch me come right back to this podcast or come back, you know, later in life and show you guys like my amazing guy. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, but I love you all in the meantime. Um, and I'm gonna love you then too. I'm gonna just have a boo to talk about. We're gonna have better stories and better, you know, lessons to share. So anyway, I love you all. Have an amazing Valentine's Day. Enjoy it. Get you some chocolate. I can eat some ice cream for me because I can't have none right now because I'm trying to be abbed out. Okay. <laughs> I love you all again, again, and again, and again. And I will hear from you very, very soon. Go follow us on all of our social media, um, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all of those amazing places. Connect with me. Send me a DM. Leave me a comment, a voicemail, voice message, uh, email, whatever. Let me know. Let's connect. Let's link up. I want to know who you are and what's going on in your world. I love you. Have an amazing, awesome day. Until next time, peace, love, and hair grease.